At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. the cryptid keeper podcast the podcast for cryptids and their keepers that's us and if you're listening it's you too i'm alex flanagan and i'm addison peacock and today's episode tragically enough is not about amelie although that is what we were talking about directly before we entered the the audacity zone and it's gonna be what i'm thinking about for the next 90 minutes so hey alex uh how many times have you seen the feature film amelie (laughs) Oh, none. None times. None times. No, I've seen a few different French films, all of them in the context of my public school French classes, and none of them appropriate for the age that I was when I saw them. One of them did have Audrey Tateau in it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, she was in it. She was great. I hope that wasn't Amelie. <laughs> if so, I've been horrifically misled about what the movie Amelie is supposed to be. We'll watch Amelie at some point. It's nice. We it's should. Just nice. Yeah, no, I saw Alaphilippe de Tu, which is like the <laughs> the entire opposite end of the spectrum from whatever spectrum Amelie is on. Literally any spectrum except for the having Audrey Tatu in it spectrum, it's on the other end of. <laughs> Correct. They are on the same end of that spectrum. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with Amelie or with that movie that I like have and have seen but can never say the title of because of my French is bad. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, you can just say he loves me, he loves me not. That's okay, the thank title. you. Um, Great but movie. it's actually much better in French because in French the title is Alifouli Pas de Tout, which, um, so like in French, if you are doing the, like, plucking the petals off a daisy thing... Um, instead of saying he mm-hmm. loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not, you say he loves me a little, he loves me a lot, he's crazy about me, he doesn't love me at all. Oh. So a la folie means like to the point of craziness, right? It means like to the brink of insanity. Like a uh, folie à deux. Yeah. Would so people like, share a sh- have a shared state of madness. Right. So instead of saying uh, he loves me, he loves me not, the title of the movie in French is like to the point of insanity or not at all, which... <gasps> Is a Yo. way better title for the movie. That reminds me of when I first found out that the uh, Swedish title for um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is Men Who Hate Women. Whoa. Internalize that. <laughs> Very different. Anyway, so this is me just sort of like nerding out about one of my favorite translations, uh, which means nothing if you haven't seen the film Malafoli Patatou, <laughs> which I don't necessarily recommend. <laughs> It's interesting. It's a very well-done film. It's very well-crafted. I don't think it serves any real purpose except to mess with your head and make you hate everything. Um, No, it's fair. It is a great movie, but, like, also take that into account. This has nothing to do with anything except for, like... (laughs) Also, I was 14. That's not old enough to watch that. I watched that in college. Our French teacher showed us in my ninth grade French class. Now, to be fair, I did mention to you before that, like, my Spanish teacher showed us, like, a incredibly depressing Javier Bardem film about assisted suicide. So... Uh, 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 my Italian teacher showed us, uh, Evita Oh, no. Okay, you beat me. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, um, 
This has nothing to do with anything. So this is our foreign film corner. <laughs> what what cryptid are we talking about today? Okay, so I'm being very self-indulgent today. It's been a minute since I've been quite so self-indulgent and uh, leaned on something that is just so overtly not a cryptid at all, but still lives within the realm of things we like to talk about. But like before you at me, before your little fingers start tippy-tapping away to send me an email <laughs> and let me know, I already know. So there you go. Don't waste your breath. Don't waste your typing time. I want to talk about... Haunted paintings. Ooh. I mean, technically. Ghosts, yes. We yeah. can't prove that they do or don't exist. The paintings exist. Yeah, exactly. I was considering making today the part two to my Haunted Dolls episode, but then I realized I would have to go back through my Haunted Doll episode notes and make sure I didn't repeat any uh, dolls, yeah. and I didn't want to do that right now. Eventually, I'll go back through and I'll do that, but this one was great because aside from one of these paintings, which I did discuss on our Haunted Dolls episode very briefly, uh, we have never talked about any of these before, so I don't have to worry about repeating myself. Well, if you're me, you haven't heard that episode since we recorded it several months ago. Um, if you are one of our listeners, there's a very good chance you heard it this morning, because apparently we have people who like to binge <laughs> through the entire backlog at like two times speed. Um, I cannot recommend that for your health, To which by I the say, way. are you people okay? I... Like, I cannot emphasize enough that you should talk to your physician and make sure the cryptic <laughs> keeper is right for you. I find it, like, weirdly affirming, actually, because um, I know that a complaint that we used to get a lot and that I just sort of get all the time on account of who I am as a human being is that I talk too quickly. Oh, yeah. So the fact that there are people in this world who listen to us on double speed and are like, this is fine, actually. <laughs> I can understand all of it. Either one, you don't care about what we're saying, in which case it's really a strange flex to listen to a podcast that's nothing but us talking. Or two, I actually am perfectly listenable, which I also know to be false. So. No, I think it's that one. I think you should embrace that one. It's 2020. We're loving ourselves this year. <laughs> True. Although I do also want to acknowledge that I respect that it is an accessibility thing for some people. Oh, no, of course. I just and also, I will try to do better. I just also feel bad because, I, like you, my natural speech patterns are very quick. Because I'm trying to uh, keep up with my brain, which incidentally, mm -hmm. because I have a myriad of anxiety disorders and I'm often very caffeinated, moves very fast. I had somebody <laughs> ask me one time, uh, it was Tristan Miller, actually, I was on the Positive and Negative podcast, which was a very wonderful podcast where he talks about like mental health frequently in the context of people who are also uh, performers or creatives or, or in the entertainment industry in some way, shape or form. And he asked me straight up, he's like, Here's a question. Do you have anxiety? Because you talk really fast. And I was like, weirdly enough, no. I just choose to always be auditioning for a Sondheim musical. <laughs> I'm constantly rehearsing my version of You Got Trouble from The Music Man. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six pockets in a table. Pockets that mark the difference between a gentleman and a bum. Uh, so... By now, people have either turned off this episode, thrown their phones into the garbage, or they're banging their little fists on the table in front of them and shouting, bring me the haunted paintings. And my children, I shall reward you. So <laughs> I am running on not enough sleep. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Uh, I would like to, just as a little primer, since normally this is the part where I would explain 
what the thing I'm covering is. And I, I would like to think the pairing of the words haunted and painting is very self-explanatory. It is a painting that is haunted. This might be haunted by a ghost, a poltergeist. It might be implied to be cursed or just kind of bring with it this bad luck or misfortune. There's sort of a wide range of what a haunted painting might be. So that's like your basic thing. So to start us off, I'd like to read just a little bit from a listicle from the lineup. They do kind of like horror themed listicles, like unsolved creepy things, all kinds of that good stuff. If you're a listicle person like me, I love my bite-sized nuggets of information. They they have this five haunted paintings you should never hang in your home. <laughs> As opposed to the other companion listicle, 10 haunted paintings, which would look just wonderful above your sofa. Exactly. I think it's so funny that they bothered to say this because the haunted paintings that are for sale are so expensive. I don't think the general readership of the lineup can afford them. I know I can't, but it's nice of them to give me this aspirational thing to not purchase because I don't want to curse my home and my loved ones. So the first one is a painting I talked about on the Haunted Dolls episode. It's a painting by Bill Stoneham, and I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about it today, but it's called The Hands Resist Him. And it's a painting of like a blank faced little boy standing next to a very unsettling doll with like black eyes. And it's just basically and behind the little boy, you can see hands pressed up against the glass of a window, but you can't see who the hands belong to. Oh, I'm going to try to link in the description of this episode to as many of the paintings that I discuss as possible. So people have a visual aid if they want to check that out. But I'm also going to describe because uh, visual impairment is a thing. And also, it's just helpful to describe it. But uh, this particular painting uh, dates back to 1974 when it was purchased from an art gallery. That's its like beginning of its haunted history. Then 10 years later, the owner of the gallery, the person who bought the painting and a critic who had written about the painting all were dead. Oh. The painting eventually resurfaced on eBay with a seller claiming the figures in the artwork came to life at night. Others claim that viewing the painting causes blackouts and physical illness. So apparently the painting has since been acquired by an art gallery and is locked away in storage. It is not available for viewing. Why would they not just destroy it at that point? Alex, I've watched enough horror movies to know that destroying the haunted artifact sometimes gets rid of the ghosts. Sometimes it just releases them into the corporeal realm. But you haven't watched enough horror movies to know that locking an extremely haunted thing away in a room is exactly what causes drunken college kids to go try to break it out once they find out about the urban legend, therefore unleashing a realm of mischief and unearthly terror upon their small town? Listen, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So, speaking of damned... (laughs) The second painting on this list is a painting called The Anguished Man. It is by Unknown, which is my favorite possible artist for a haunted painting. I love them. They did most of the tracks on my middle school MP3 player. Unknown. Yeah, I love that. So a little macabre here, surprising for a haunted painting story. According to the owner of this painting, a man named Sean Robinson, the anonymous painter allegedly stirred his own blood into the paint as he worked. Strange activity has haunted the anguished man ever since, from shadowy figures and distressed pets to the eerie sounds of crying. The longer Robinson left out the painting, the worse the haunting became. He even documented some of it on his YouTube channel. Now, apparently today, again, you're not going to like this, Alex. It is locked away, (sighs) presumably in a secret room under the stairs. Here's the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's what really gets me about this whole locking the haunted painting away thing is that if you just destroy it, yes, there is a possibility that someone will get hurt or possessed or worse, taxed, I don't know. (laughs) Fine. That person won't be me. 
Whereas if I have to find out about six separate, distinct haunted paintings, all of which are locked in somewhat reasonable locations, that person might be me. Alex, please. Because I don't know what I'm going to do with that information. Alex, please. (laughs) I want to keep making a podcast with you, but I can't if you get yourself cursed. So number three. Or we make an extremely cursed podcast. It's already extremely cursed. So (laughs) number three on this list is The Crying Boy by Bruno Amadio. This is exactly what it sounds like. It is a painting of like a crying, like, like young boy, like looks about two or three years old. It's just like a... Yeah, so far I probably could have guessed all of these from the titles. Listen... Um, now this one, uh, you can buy prints of it or many numerous knockoffs, but be careful. The Curse of the Crying Boy dates back to 1985 when an article in British tabloid The Sun told of a South Yorkshire house fire. The homeowner allegedly possessed a copy of the painting at the time. While the blaze obliterated the home, I'm leaning in close to my mic because this is my jam, um, the weepy print survived. Everything else burned. The painting was untouched by the flames. A follow-up story included additional eerie tales about the seemingly cursed portrait. Other owners told of their own fires, which the painting survived. A few readers even attempted to set their copy of the painting on fire, only to find that it would not burn. So the painting is the one setting the fires, right? I think that's the implication, except for in the cases of the people who tried to set the painting on fire, because I do not believe that perhaps they did not accidentally burn down their house. (laughs) Well, that's fair. (laughs) That's extremely fair. And then there is a portrait of a little girl, and this one has different attributions in terms of the name of both the painter and its subject. This particular article refers to it as a portrait of Samantha King by Richard King. It's a very cheery-looking portrait of a little girl holding a bouquet of flowers. This one, out of all the paintings, is the one that looks the least haunted, which, in my opinion, makes it the most dangerous, because I've talked about this before, like... Haunted things that look scary don't really freak me out as much because, like, obviously I would not want this in my home. Mm -hmm. It's the same as I feel about, like, haunted dolls that look cursed as opposed to the Annabelle doll, which is a Raggedy Ann doll. Right, exactly. Things that fly under the radar but are supposedly hiding a darkness are much more frightening to me. So this particular painting hangs in the Austin, Texas Driscoll Hotel and has a haunting legend. Supposedly, the girl depicted in the painting is, sorry, Samantha Houston, not King. Richard King is the painter. Samantha Houston, who was the daughter of a U.S. senator who fell to her death while staying at the hotel. So present-day guests claim that gazing on the painting makes you feel dizzy, as though you are tumbling down a set of stairs. Others claim to have encountered her ghost in the halls, or say that if you look at the painting long enough, the face changes. As with any good legend, the painting's haunting backstory is a mix of fact and fiction. This one's got a little bit of a debunking. Someone, uh, Willow Smock, peeked into the backstory and concluded that it's actually a replica of a painting called Love Letters by Charles Trevor Garland. But people are still saying that there's scary effects from the painting, so I I don't know. (laughs) You don't think people would just lie about a scary painting, do you? Uh, I can't imagine why they would. So the last one of these... uh, is uh, on this particular listicle is uh, an Edvard Munch uh, painting, who you might recognize if you're not familiar. Oh, those are all haunted. Yeah, they're all haunted, but this one's especially haunted. If you're not familiar by name, uh, Edvard Munch is the painter of The Scream and several other very cursed-looking paintings. I actually really love his art style, but it is it is haunting and haunted. So um, <laughs> this particular one, uh, it's the only one that's actually known to be 
like haunted haunted as opposed to just haunting in its imagery. The dead mother is a painting of a little girl covering her ears in front of what looks like a sick bed with a grayed out figure of a woman laying in it. And yeah, the eyes of the little girl supposedly follow people as they move around her and people hear the sheets of the bed in the painting rustling if they stand too close. (laughs) I love ones like that because... One, I like the implication that the ghosts within the painting cannot leave the painting in order to interact with me or perhaps wreak havoc upon me. But I also, I find just moving paintings, there's a reason they pop up in so much, in so in so many stories and movies and everything. It's, it's, it's a creepy idea. It's an interesting idea. And the idea of specifically like not seeing motion, but hearing motion. That is creepy. Is very creepy. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to hop away from the listicles for a little bit, although I have several listicles in my email. This is going to be one of those that I'm probably not going to get through nearly close to all of the things that I found while researching this. So this will probably have a shelved part two somewhere <laughs> down the line, maybe. It's okay. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. So I'd like to hop over to an article from the New Zealand Herald. This is an article from 2018. New Zealand Herald is like a general, like, things going on in New Zealand news site. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of like a human interest one that I loved that I was searching haunted paintings. And this one says, Kiwi selling haunted painting after spooky activity in home. If you're not familiar with the slang, Kiwi is not just a fruit or a bird. It is also a person from New Zealand. Um, Okay, good to know. Yeah. So... A Kiwi Trade Me user, I don't know what Trade Me is, we don't have it in the States, I'm assuming it's kind of like a Craigslist or it's a selling app, is looking to flog off a piece of haunted artwork after witnessing a string of unexplained activities inside their home. The painting of a soul bowl was purchased in an antique store, but the art owner suspects something came into the house with it. Now this is the entry from the Trade Me, this is the Trade Me entry, I'm going to read it to you. Creepy painting comes with its own shadow person. Nice. Love when they throw in something for free. Just a little something extra. Purchased in, oh, I'm sorry. I can't pronounce part places in New Zealand. P-A-U-A-N-U-I. Pawanui. Pawanui. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, it's a place in New Zealand. Purchased in that place at an antique shop. Suspected as haunted. Not cursed, but suspect something came into the house with it. The painting depicts, by the way, it's essentially like kind of a rusty red and gold and brown painting, like pretty simple of just kind of like what looks like a little wooden bowl. Of all the paintings I've covered, it's one of the more innocuous looking. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a muted, warm toned color palette with a little like what looks like a hand carved wooden bowl in the middle. It's not something I would really look twice at in an antique store. I might think, oh, that's kind of nice, or that like suits the decor of my home. But it's not one of the paintings that I've looked at on this list so far that I look at and go, yeah, that is haunted. There's a child ghost inside. Right. There's a ghost in that thing. Yeah. Dear God, why? Yeah. Now, this is some of the stuff that the seller describes happening while the painting was in her home. She says, the painting fell off the wall one night while experiencing other paranormal events, such as this. Another night, a shadowy figure was cast from the upstairs room window where the painting was hung, with no one in the room. Upon further investigation, my own shadow was cast onto the driveway when I looked out the window. Creepy. Partner asleep and no one else in the house. Selling as it's just too creepy to have. Great for someone who is interested in the paranormal. 
The starting price was $40. Th that's really not bad. Bad news, you guys. The bidding closed on Friday, January 19th, 2018 at 5.14 p.m. So I don't know if someone ended up buying it, but the bidding is closed. In case you would like your very own personal shadow person to knock your painting off the wall and lurk in your windows. This reminds me of... Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> which is like a terrible transition. No, I'm very excited. But this reminds me... Of you are of course familiar with the haunted doll watch bit from yes. famous podcast My Brother, My Brother and Me. Um, whilst we were at Candlelights this most recent year, they did of course a haunted doll watch bit. Mm -hmm. And what was truly remarkable about it is I had the express delight of sitting right behind a actually very lovely individual. I I'm terribly sorry I did not get their name. If you are a listener of this show please let me know. Um, it was a great meeting you, had a wonderful time, um, but really just very delightful, very engaged, uh, you know, made very friendly conversation with people around. During the show, they do the haunted doll watch bit. And this person helps to transform into a really participatory experience because uh, they pull out their phone and are, of course, Googling the very same haunted doll listing that we are having read to us on stage by one Mr. Justin McElroy. And we saw the exact moment that it was purchased by someone in the audience. Yes. While it was being read. The person I was sitting behind did not purchase it, but like was scrolling and I was like looking over their shoulder and like was going through the listing. And then like, yeah, it went off the market. <laughs> and like, you could hear several people throughout the auditorium, like have this realization at the same time as somebody scored this very haunted doll that they were just willing to bring into their home simply because it was being discussed at that moment. Oh my God. So I, I am terribly sorry to any of our listeners who had that moment of thinking only $40. I better snatch this deal up only to find that it was no longer The bidding available. has closed and it closed two years ago. <laughs> Really unfortunate. Um, I would also like to say, she doesn't listen to the show, but a, a friend of mine out here in Los Angeles, my friend Alyssa, she bought a haunted doll recently. Oh. That is now in her home. She took it to work, which is hilarious because she actually works at a... Uh, at a horror-adjacent production company. I'm not going to, like, weirdly name her workplace, but, like, she works in horror, and she brought her haunted doll to work, and she put it on her desk <laughs> to watch over the office. And how did everyone feel about that? Um, I think I think they feel ambivalent about it or perhaps cautiously excited. The haunted doll, I should specify, the haunted doll that she bought was one of the ones that, like, supposedly is, like, a positive energy spirit. It's not, like, a scary oh, things happen well, one. A, a positive haunting. This is, like, good with children and plays well with others haunted doll. Just a lightly haunted. <laughs> Just a very gently haunted doll. Just delicately sprinkled with haunting. Um, so, I promised I would talk a little bit more about some of the paintings I covered in sort of a lighter lighter uh, way here um, in the listicle, mm -hmm. I would like to talk a little bit more in depth about the uh, the Hands Resist Him, which is that painting I mentioned first. And I did mention a little bit about this in the Haunted Doll episode. Sorry if this gets just a bit redundant, but it is worth discussing. Like, this particular painting uh, was purchased by uh, 
for well, it was it's been owned by several people who met with some kind of weird experiences. An actor named John Marley, who was in The Godfather, I don't know who he played, but he bought it in the 70s and owned it until he died in 1984. Then a couple found the painting abandoned near a brewery, so they took it home. Oh. Um No. This is where things got weird. As you might imagine. That's where things got weird? Weirder. <laughs> The couple had a young daughter who said she could hear arguing coming from the painting, which, by the way, the two subjects depicted in the painting are a little boy and a doll. Mm, I don't like that. So the arguments are between the boy and the doll. Or mm-hmm. between the painter and the subject. Oh. Did you ever read the Charlie Bone books? Yes, I did. I promise I will stop just, like, distracting you from everything. But that that has a very strong Charlie They're Bone book. They're great books. Uh, I loved those books a lot, actually. I thought that they deserved just as much clout as um, any of your Harry's Potter or Percy's Jackson. Uh, Anyway. Well, they deserved more than Harry's Potter. Absolutely. Percy Jackson has has gone a little bit harder than Charlie Bone did, and I think deserves the credit. At the time I discovered Charlie Bone, it had Percy Jackson had not yet gone quite so hard, but yes, um, that's fair. It was like it, it was like two books in. Anyway, after this, the couple tried to reassure their daughter that the painting wasn't alive and nothing scary was happening with the painting, so they put up a camera. <laughs> to monitor the painting. And they claim that on the third day, the camera captured the boy leaving the painting. What? And moving around the room. What if this is like that horror movie where it turns out that it's not that the doll was haunted. It's just that the doll was a boy or was being... (laughs) Do you mean... The boy? I do mean the boy. A movie that they are making a sequel to? Hey, um, spoilers no. for the biggest twist of the boy. But <laughs> the ending of the boy, skip ahead a little if you don't want to hear the ending of the boy, is the, a reveal <laughs> that this woman has been carrying for what she thought was just a doll, then thought was a haunted doll, but it turns out is just a doll being moved around by an adult man living in the walls. <laughs> Lives in the walls. And uh, by the way, there's a sequel coming out soon that seems to imply that the doll is now supernatural somehow, but I'm going to lose my mind if I go see it because you know I'm going to go see it. And it turns out that there is a different man in the walls. <laughs> that is all I want. <laughs> the caretaker for the original doll has taken over the role of being the doll boy. And now she lives in the walls. Now she is the doll boy and she has and learned she magic tricks. The doll around. <laughs> she learned close-up magic so that she could be a better boy. Oh my god. Anyway, what if it's that? What if there's somebody who just like <laughs> Um if you wanted to skip my spoilers for the film, the feature film, The Boy, you may now rejoin us here. Um so after this incident, as you might imagine, they wanted to get rid of the painting. So <laughs> they sold it on eBay. <laughs> That's some other schmuck's problem now. They opened the bidding for their haunted painting they were desperate to get rid of at $199 for a painting they found on the street. So, like, they weren't that desperate. Guess how much it sold for? Mm, $2,000. Okay, well, now you, you highballed me. Ah, darn $1,025. That's actually buck wild. Like, 2000 was me trying yeah. to figure what the most ridiculously absurd number I could think of would be. 1,025 is so much. By the way, as far as we know, the painting's uh, most recent owners gave it to a gallery who has now put it in storage. But um, I should inform you all that the painter, Stoneham, painted 
three other paintings in the series, but following this painting, depicting the same figures, and they depict the doll becoming human and the boy becoming an old man. What? In case you thought it couldn't get more cursed. So it's just like an extremely cursed Geppetto situation. I mean, I guess. So anyway... (laughs) There's, uh, I've got a few more, I've got a few more haunted paintings to talk about. Are you ready to talk about some more haunted paintings? I've been ready. Bring it. Do your worst. I will. Um, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the anguished man here. Um, this is a piece on Dread Central. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't love the sentence. I'm going to dive a little deeper into the anguished man. (laughs) I'm going to dive deeper into the subject of the anguished man, you dirty little pervert. So, what? That's not even where I was going with that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am <laughs> No, mine was much more like a body horror. So there was this basically a false eBay entry claiming that the painting was for sale. Um, that it was for sale for um, 1,500 pounds. Uh, but essentially, like they, th- this was like Dread Central debunking that they reached out to an article to a writer at Mental Floss who had broken the story that the painting was supposedly for sale. And here's what they have in an email here: Unfortunately, to dis- and to disappoint all the collectors of haunted items and all the horror fans looking for the best Christmas present ever, we have to let you down by telling you that the painting is locked away in a secure place and it is not for sale. So that's that's the owner of the painting, Sean Robinson, who says that he. Uh, um, he claims that that is, that is the original one. He says all other paintings appearing for sale online, which claim to be the anguished man, are frauds and no one should buy these. I guarantee you that the original haunted painting is locked away in a secure location and I have no intentions of selling it. That could be dangerous and it would not be wise for anyone to lay their hands on the painting because it is really active and really strange things happen for people who are in the same room or even in the same house with the painting. Wow. Okay. That, by the way, was just from an article with a headline that made me laugh out loud, which is just, um, the most haunted painting in the world is not for sale. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, the world's most haunted painting is not for sale. You can't buy this, honey. Uh, You can't buy these kind of ghosts. So um, I actually then found a bunch of haunted paintings are supposedly in the possession of this haunted objects museum in Gloucester in the UK. Mm-hmm. Or it's a traveling museum. Sorry, I think it was based out of Gloucester and is traveling. Um, or Gloucestershire. I'm sorry. British people are screaming at their phones right now. But it's a traveling museum. I believe that's where it's based out of. But they have a couple haunted dolls, but they also... This museum is currently in possession of, uh, as, as far as I could tell from their website, the Crying Boy painting. A painting that's just called Sinister Painting, which is a very scary-looking painting with the artist unknown. It's black and white. And there's not really any information about it, except for that supposedly it was bought by the people behind Yorkshire Ghost Hunts. But then the daughter of the person who bought it began to get really sick with the painting in the house. So they gave it to the museum. I mean, I guess that's that's one way to offload a haunted painting. They also are supposedly the ones who currently have the hands resist him and... Those are the haunted paintings that they currently have on display at the museum. And then I found an article linked on the museum as like a testament. And this was from GloucestershireLive.uk, which is, I think, where my brain got the idea that the museum was based only there. And it says, Ghost Lady Collapses During Haunted Museum Exhibition in Gloucester. So this one uh, is about this woman. She calls herself the Ghost Lady. Her name is Lynn Sindri. 
And as soon as one painting in particular was brought out, Lynn began to feel unwell. First, she had a thumping headache, and then she started to feel sick. Not long after, she began to feel dizzy. One minute, she was trying to stand to tell someone she was feeling ill. The next minute, she collapsed. She's the former host of Ghost Tours in the town, and she used to lead, like, ghost walks and teach about, like, the haunted history of the town. And... Mm -hmm. This was the painting Sinister. That was the black and white one I mentioned uh, from the museum. That was the one that made her feel sick. And she says, I thought it could not have been something I had eaten as I had just eaten a really nice meal. (laughs) I want to know what she had. I'm just curious. Yeah, seriously. What was your really nice meal? But that was on their website as sort of like a testimonial. They were like, this lady fainted our painting so haunted. (laughs) Chock full of ghosts. That's really strong, actually. And I do love that. It made me laugh out loud. I feel bad for her. She, clearly she's fine now, but I feel bad that she had, like, she obviously wasn't feeling well. But the idea that a haunted objects museum. Can you imagine being approached to offer a testimonial for a haunted painting that made you pass out? I I have no idea, but it's fascinating. There's also a couple more paintings I want to hit on. And then I'd like to talk about, I actually found some, I, I crawled through the trenches of Reddit and pulled some firsthand experiences from some folks in there. Just a couple. But first, I have a couple more paintings to talk about. This one is um, from theconversation.com. The article is entitled, The Haunted Painting of Fabled Franklin Ship Discovered in the Canadian Arctic. I love where this is going so far. It's a lot of stuff. So at Royal Holloway College at the University of London, Edwin Landseer's picture, Man Proposes, God Disposes, which depicts, by the way, like polar bears feasting on what appears to be the wreckage of a ship, is covered by a union flag every year during exams. Not because people are afraid they'll use it to cheat, but because students believe they will fail their exams or go mad if they look at it. Oh, So the fear of the painting goes back a long way. Um, I mentioned the grisly subject matter of the painting. It's based on events involving the Canadian government discovering one of two boats used in the doomed Franklin expedition of 1845. And the painting depicts two polar bears attacking one of the ships, as well as the human remains of the crew. So it is basically like, yeah, depicting a failed exposition or exposition expedition words are hard uh, in a pretty a pretty intense and brutal way so it's an unsettling painting to look at and a little bit more information about the the failed expedition or yeah the expedition itself was um it was led by franklin he set off in 1845 with two royal navy ships 129 men and supplies for three years expedition left to much excitement on may 19th 1845 by 1848, when no word of them had been heard, search and rescue missions were sent out. In 1854, John Ray headed a mission. He spoke to the local Inuit community who had met some of the remaining crew after they abandoned their ships, and then they found the bodies of the men they'd previously met the following year. They found objects from the expedition, including Franklin's telescope seen in the painting. And then, most gruesome, was when they found bones belonging to members of the crew showing the marks of cannibalism implying that the crew had eaten each other to survive oof so here's a question and maybe you're planning on getting to this i don't know yes what is the thought process behind causality for haunted paintings is it like or i guess even more than that where do the haunted paintings come from does a normal person paint them and then they become haunted do certain cursed paintings simply spring into existence like just horrible 
totems of a, a, a terrible alternate reality. Like, this one seems like something, like, why would somebody paint this? Mm-hmm. This one to me feels more like, oh, here was a horrible thing that happened. The balance of the universe demands that it not be forgotten. So here is an item which shall forever remain cursed and, and you know, catalog it for generations to come to remind them of the hubris. Like, I, what is the, or did somebody paint this thing? And a ghost was like, that's messed up. I pick this one. Or was it like they painted this thing and like the intense negative energies of the event itself and the person who was consumed by it Mm -hmm. in the creation of it somehow imbued this painting with cursed qualities. And that is where you have the variation amongst haunted paintings that I talked about at the start of the episode, because some of them, like the painting that hangs in that hotel lobby, supposedly are inhabited by a literal spirit. Like, people say Uh that is inhabited by the ghost of that child. Her image was captured in this painting, so her spirit gravitated toward it when she died. She lives in there. Then you have paintings like um, the, The Hands Resist Him, which... A lot of people who talk about that one, the painter himself even says, essentially, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the article up anymore, that he was painting it to, like, get out, like, memories and, like, experiences Mm. and just, like, and, and things, and that he almost feels like he left something inside of it, of himself. Okay. And then there's, there's people that posit that like something like with this arctic this antarctic painting that the idea is like essentially yeah like you are focusing on something so horrible it's almost like um this is something that my dad talks about with me a lot um he he's a he's a history buff and he's been to a lot of revolutionary war and civil war like battlefields uh-huh and he always says this could be something he's imagining or it could not be but he says anytime you get there you step onto the grass and you get this overwhelming feeling something bad happened here Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's something to be said for like if we're getting into like that kind of stuff when you start getting into the weeds of haunted the objects and haunted stuff there's something to be said for the idea that imbuing something with the like with the memory or the thought or the energy or whatever you want to we would talk of something really horrible that it it leaves a marker it does it can do it can affect people And then there's also just the idea that a really upsetting painting about a really upsetting thing makes people feel nauseous or uncomfortable or... Sure. Weird. Or pass out. And then they attribute it to the supernatural when what it is is their intense discomfort. I've had very strong unexpected reactions to art before. I've never had a piece of art make me feel sick or nauseous, but I have started crying at something I couldn't explain why or just like smiled at something or been really repulsed by imagery that I couldn't articulate why it repulsed me. Like abstract art, like that isn't depicting something specific and it just somehow that weird, Mm -hmm. the combination of shapes and colors tickles some part of your brain that makes it respond. So I don't know. And I think that's why I think I think it's so neat because there's so much variation. Yeah, for sure. And and there's so many different ways to look at it because you could you can be kind of a an energetic a person looking at it from an energetic perspective and be like when you create a thing if you create it with this like darkness in the process it leaves something behind Mm -hmm. you have the like it's a literal response to art that looks a certain way or just happens to hit people wrong or you can believe that it's literally there are ghosts that live inside these paintings and i'm not going to tell anyone they're wrong i just think it's interesting which is a more explicitly supernatural haunted painting story uh 
is the one I wanted to wrap up with before I got into the Reddit stories. Oh, yeah, totally. If you don't mind. I don't know if you wanted to continue the, the discourse. I just Oh, no, excited. no, no. You're fine. Take me away. This is from a listicle called MeTimeForTheMind.com. I love that. Letting that <laughs> sink in. Um, the actually, first of all, the header of the article, the header of the article relates a little bit to what you were just saying, uh, just about like, and it also is basically like, we just don't know. But the headline is, when art and sorcery combine very haunted paintings that really exist. And the little header here is, you could argue there is something magical about all the arts, be it a painting, a song, a play, a film, or even a piece of writing, all are the product of hard work and a certain amount of passion of the artists themselves. How many times have you heard or even said yourself after appreciating a great song or finished a great book that the artist put a piece of their soul into that? Well, sometimes it seems that the artist did, with some paintings in particular that are said to be cursed, even haunted. Um, so that's the intro, and it covers some paintings I've already talked about, The Crying Boy, The Hands Resist Him, and then this, and The Anguished Man, and then this is the one that uh, none of the other listicles I found really covered this one, and this one is uh, The Headless Man, and this was painted by an artist known only as Laura P, and that's just P like the initial, uh, so we just have the first letter of her last name. And this was painted in the mid-90s. This woman uh, made a living painting scenes based on old photographs and then selling them locally at art fairs or to galleries. This particular painting was based on a photograph taken by James Kidd that essentially showed the rusting remains of an old-style stagecoach. Slightly to the left of the old decaying cart is what appears to be a gentleman sort of like laying either against or around, like on, like kind of leaning against the cart, like laying on uh -huh. the back of it. And what is strange is that Kid, when asked to comment on the painting, remembers the photograph, but insists that the gentleman was not in the shot but that it, when he had taken the picture, but that it had only shown itself upon its development. Mm. Perhaps even more spooky is that Laura claimed she had no idea what made her draw the picture in the first place, only that she felt a compelling pressure to finish it, even though the painting filled her with feelings of anxiety and doom. I should have mentioned, as the title implies, it's not like the man looks like he's been beheaded. It's more just it's the figure of a man and you cannot see a visible head. Okay, okay. So it's not like the headless horseman where there's like a bloody stump of a neck, but it is still unsettling to see because for all in, like looking at it, the, the silhouette, there should be where the head should be it it just isn't but it isn't like a, a gruesome like beheaded man i wanted to make sure right, that was right right no I, I get that but, so um it was eventually sold to a local office the office soon telephoned laura claiming that she must come to collect the painting at once due to staff being physically scared of it he also claimed that the painting was straightened every night before the office was closed for the night but each morning when staff arrived to work it was found lopsided once the painting was retrieved, Laura and her family began to experience very strange events themselves. They would often hear loud bangs that seemed to happen wherever the painting happened to be. Doors would also open by themselves, and objects would move seemingly under their own power. More worryingly, the family dog began to freeze and growl at a seemingly invisible menace. And on one occasion, while Laura was drinking from a glass, it shattered in her hand. One particularly spooky part of the story relates to a family friend who had an interest in the case and proceeded to take several photographs of the painting for further study. As he was laying out prints later in the evening at his home, without warning, he claimed to have seen the headless man standing in the corner of the room watching him. He instantly destroyed the photographs and refused to take another picture of the painting. According to the legend, the painting still resides with the artist. She still has it. Oh. Which... 
is interesting but not altogether surprising given the nature of what the experience of painting it was described as. Like, that was something that really hit me about that one, and it reminds me, not quite the same, obviously it's, a di it's the opposite end of the interpretation, but we talked about um, automatic writing on an episode. Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, like, a, that was a, a spiritualist practice where you would basically hold a pen in your hand and allow a spirit to, quote-unquote, move through you and write onto a piece of paper. And the description of Laura continuing to paint this painting that filled her with this sense of, like, horrible dread and anxiety and literally saying, I don't know why I kept painting it, but I did. Yeah, I don't love that. Is haunting. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm sorry. I will let you finish, and I respect that it is evocative. But also, like, it's hard sometimes You're gonna to tell when artists are being <laughs> literal and when they're being melodramatic. Because yeah. to say, like, I don't know why I kept doing it, but I did, could mean, like, I lost control of my limbs and I, I acted as if in a daze to complete this masterwork. Or it could mean after about the sixth Bon Appetit video and three packets of Pocky gone, I just kept going and I can't tell you why. It's true. And also as a person who is in a couple like different, a person who enjoys creative pursuits, I will say that it is not rare for me to finish a work of my own art and look at it and find that it fills me with dread. Yeah. Or just to be like, why did I do this? I don't know why I did that's that. Th that specifically is what I'm saying is like that language could through one interpretation be like haunting or another language just like, yeah, that was a pretty messed up painting I did. I don't know why I did that. Was she in the grip of the muse or possessed by a spirit? I right. understand. Um, however, if we're taking everything about the story at that face value and assuming that the story of the photograph is also true and that a man basically took a picture of a wagon, developed the photo, and then saw a man in it that wasn't there, and then that painting then had, of that photograph then had a ripple effect of weirdness, then that seems like, that makes me, I, don't, I shouldn't be excited because it's scary, but also the idea that like, there's like this this spirit that's like jumping through mediums mm -hmm. that it like grounds itself to is so fascinating. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like first the photograph, then the painting. And I can't believe she kept it in her house. As far as we know, it's possible. Like that's like the last mm -hmm. reported location. And that was a while ago. So she could have burned it. She could have thrown it away. She could have given it to some neighborhood children. And then she made a TikTok of that painting, and now the TikTok is haunted. Oh, I like that. <laughs> now she yeah, she posted it on her Instagram, and her Instagram got haunted, and then she pivoted to TikTok, and now the TikTok <laughs> is haunted. And I watched that TikTok in my apartment, and now I'm haunted. No, um... Oh, no! So, uh, to wrap us up, I'm actually going to hop over to... I mentioned that I, 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 I crawled through the trenches of Reddit... Something I am occasionally known to do, because as terrible of a website as it may be, it occasionally has has kind of fun things, especially in the realm of people talking about like paranormal experiences. You get some kind of fun discussion boards. And as mm -hmm. always, I take stuff with a grain of salt. In fact, if it's Reddit, perhaps like a like a full fistful of fine French gray sea salt. But I still uh, I found these two from the R Paranormal subreddit, and I wanted to share them. So this first one is from. Uh, 228 days ago from user Freezing Moon, and this is their story here. Last year, my junior year of college, me and four other friends moved into a house together. We all brought our own things to decorate the house with, posters, paintings, etc. One of the paintings was of a bartender pouring a martini. We would end up calling this painting the Martini Man. 
I had a weird feeling about it right off the bat. His wide eyes would follow you around the room and there was just something creepy about it. When you were alone with it, it still felt like there was a real presence with you. About a month or two after the move-in, activity started happening. One day, I was sitting on the couch in the living room playing video games. I started hearing slamming at the front door, and it was loud. It sounded like somebody sprinting and body slamming the door. By the way, we have a foyer, so I can't see the door from the living room. Thinking it may have been a loud knock, I go to see if there's anyone there. Nothing. This persists throughout the day, and I get up several more times to see if anyone is there. Nothing each time. It's the middle of the day, so I'm more confused than creeped out. I decide to test the door, shaking it, slamming it, knocking on it, even jumping into it. Nothing I did was close to as loud as the noises I was hearing. To top it off, this happened one day and one day only. I never heard it again. Not necessarily attributed to the painting, but I'll explain how it connects later. The last personal story is about the footsteps. Always a good start. Mm -hmm. This happened in the summer, when it was just me and one other guy living in the house. It was about 2am, and I was lying in bed playing on my laptop. I start hearing really loud footsteps coming from downstairs. They were like fast stomps. It sounded like someone sprinting while completely drunk. (laughs) At first, I thought it was a drunken roommate. They were in college. They know what that sounds like. Yeah. I would hear them start in one part of the house, stomp to another, stop for a while, then pick back up in a completely different part of the house. Eventually, they came running up the stairs directly to my door and stopped. I was frozen with fear during the silence. Then they started up again, downstairs this time. It kept going for at least ten more minutes. I should probably explain why I pinned this all on the painting and not the house itself. As I already said, its eyes would follow you around the room and had an overall creepy vibe to it. People would come over and say that the painting scared them without hearing any of the stories. We had some girls over for a party and they insisted we take the painting down. That's a power move. Which I... fair. Um... I hastily agreed and took it off the wall. That's when I saw, written on the back of the canvas, the name of the painting. The Spirit of the Bartender. Mm. Quite frankly, I thought this was hilarious, as I had been expressing my distaste for the painting to my roommate for some time, and this corroborated my claims nicely. After that year, the roommate to whom it belonged moved out and took the painting with him. The activity died down after that. He gave it to the bar he worked at, and they threw it out after only two weeks. I can imagine why. We actually managed to find the artist on the internet, and it seems he just paints the same thing over and over again. Like, they're all paintings of a bartender mixing a martini. Wild. If you guys like this, I have a couple more stories around this painting, and I can talk to my old roommates to see if they have any good stories. Thanks so much if you read this. Have a good one. Bye. They didn't give any updates as far as I could see. And then I have one more. And this one is from our paranormal as well. This one's from about a year ago by Young Balsamic. And this is, I'm being haunted by a painting that I bought at a thrift store. So, okay. So I've been familiar with the paranormal page here on Reddit for a while, but I've never posted until now. I'm hoping that somebody out there can help me figure out what is going on in my house and how to stop it. I've always been a skeptic, but my experience with this painting has led me to believe that there are spirits out there, some of which are not exactly friendly. Let me give some small context. He didn't say small, just says some context. My brain just put that in there. Sometimes Um, it happens. Oh, this is why. It's because the next line is, I regularly go thrift shopping in my small town in Ontario, Canada. About three weeks ago, I went into the Salvation Army to pick up some vintage finds. So I sometimes go into the housewares and art section to see if there's anything worth picking up. 
That's when I saw it. I've always been interested in creepy, unsettling, and dark things, and this painting immediately caught my attention. Just because they don't really describe it in the thing, they have a picture of it. It looks like a painting of a room with a dark wall, a toy chest on the floor, and a children's chair in front of the toy chest. There's a family portrait on the wall with blank faces, and the portrait is upside down. And there is what looks like either another painting or a small mirror standing on the floor. And in it, you can see white and sort of a black shadowy outline. It's a very creepy painting. It sounds like a very creepy painting. It's not a particularly nice painting, they say. That's not nice. It had a very unrefined feel to it. It's not the style that drew me in. It was the subject matter. So it cost $2, which is pretty good deal. Um, that was me editorializing that it's a good deal. But it did cost $2. So <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. The person had it in their room for a couple of days before strange things started happening. Generally, it was pretty quiet and peaceful, but by the third day they owned the painting, this changed. I'm going to start reading from the direct thing again. Okay. At first, harmless things were happening, and I thought nothing of them. Cupboards opening, things falling, lights flickering. I just attributed the cupboards to me being forgetful, things falling as me not properly putting them back, or the light bulbs as needing replacing. By the sixth day, the nightmares started happening. In my nightmares, some dark figure approaches the side of my bed while I'm stuck in some sort of sleep paralysis, not able to do anything while it comes toward me. It gets closer until it's at my side, the side of my bed. It looks at me while I'm frozen. I say looks in quotation marks because it doesn't have eyes. I've had this recurrent dream five or six nights since I've got the painting, all with the figure from the painting coming to visit me. After the first nightmare, I knew these incidents had something to do with the painting. The energy coming off of it was just dark, and it got darker and darker until I was so uncomfortable that I moved it out of my room. So here's where things get even weirder. I decided to investigate the painting further and take it out of its frame. As soon as I took it out of the frame, the smell enveloped my house. What? The painting never smelled prior. It was only when I removed the glass and wood frame that the stench of sulfur came over everything. Yeah, we've talked about sulfur smells on this show before. <laughs> sulfur does not mean good. After the fifth or sixth nightmare, I moved the painting to my basement storage locker at the bottom of the apartment complex. The dreams have stopped, and the cabinets and opening stuff like that is still happening. Something else started too. I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night to hearing what sounds like scratches at my front door. When I go and investigate, there's nothing there. I've asked my neighbors, but they don't hear anything. In addition to the paranormal occurrences, my health has taken a hit since I got the painting. I've been feeling unwell and run down all the time. The painting itself is a very odd subject matter. And then they describe it a little bit. I've already described it as well. Mm -hmm. The family portrait is the most disturbing part, this person says, and I agree. It says, so that's my story. Hopefully someone can give me some advice on how to remove this spirit from disturbing my home. If anyone has anything else they notice about the painting, details I might have missed, let me know. The artist is unmarked. There's no date either. If anyone has seen similar paintings in style or content, let me know. I want my life to go back to normal. There will also probably be people who say, throw it out or burn it, and I would, but I have this irrational fear that whatever was in that painting will get even angrier. No. So it looks like a lot of people gave some really helpful advice in terms of 
cleansing rituals for the house, a lot of people being like, sage the house, sage the house, and a lot of people being like, get rid of it, get rid of it, just get it out of your house. And I hope the person did at least one of those things. Now I have to go in their post history and just make sure they've Did they follow up? I was gonna, you can't not tell me this. They didn't follow up, but they did post literally um, 48 days ago about buying their first vape. So I think they're fine. (laughs) Well, okay, that's a matter of opinion. (laughs) Or as fine as someone who's gonna buy their first vape can be. Yeah. Wow. So it looks like they're going to be fine. The problem with the post history is that the post was over a year ago, so it's going to be really difficult for me to find an update if there was one. Mm, Yeah. And it looks like they've cleaned out their post history pretty intensely. What are they afraid of? A lot of posts from around the same time period. Yeah, right? Maybe people knowing about their vaping. Anyway, um, I actually started to creep myself out during the end of that last one, especially because my roommates are not home right now. Um, Oh, no. It's okay. It also got dark around mm-hmm. me as we were recording because I'm three hours behind you and it's just now about 6 p.m. So it's yeah, like, it's 8.48 here and I'm dragging. So it just got dark in my room. I have lights, uh, some lamps on, but not my like big light and it just got dark. <laughs> oh, that was a mistake. Honestly, there's no real inspiration for me picking this topic except for the fact that I've been talking a lot about the picture of Dorian Gray and I really love the movie Velvet Buzzsaw, (laughs) a movie that a lot of people were very mean to and it made me very sad because I think they just weren't ready for a campy uh, satire of the art world but with also haunted paintings. Anyway. Not everyone can be brilliant, I guess. I guess. Thanks for letting me just go down a really creepy little creepy little uh road here this evening with you and i hope everyone enjoyed i hope you had some fun and and i'd like to just say survival tips haven't had one of these in a while if you see a painting for sale somewhere and looking at it fills you with a sense of dread do not buy it do not put it in your house especially do not put it in your room although if you find one in a dumpster somewhere apparently you can resell it for like you know a 100% 100% increase. Can't recommend putting haunted paintings in your room. Can recommend trying to uh, make a nice profit off of them on eBay. That's right. Just kidding. Please be careful. <laughs> there are a lot of other things to resell on eBay that won't maybe fill your house with demons. Is eBay still a habit in marketplace? I feel like it's probably dropped off, but that might not be true. I, I haven't been on eBay I don't in actually years. know. Um, I'm not actually sure, but... Uh, Just sell it on Facebook Marketplace. People will buy anything on Facebook Marketplace. People put the most curse-looking stuff on Facebook Marketplace. It's true. I saw... I, it didn't have a description. This is unrelated. I can't believe I haven't talked about this on the show before. Pop up on my like local Facebook marketplace, the like things near you, items near you. And it was just a picture of like one of those like uh, porcelain models from a dentist office of just teeth. Okay, well, here's the thing. Local for you now means LA, which means... People are purposefully trying to be, like, weird and performative on Facebook but, Marketplace. But they didn't write a cute, like, a quirky caption or anything, which was what made it unsettling for me, was there was no price and there was no caption. Performance art. Maybe it's performance art. You're right. Anyway, that that's going to do it. Please don't buy cursed paintings or f- put them in your home if you find them on the street by a brewery. Cursed paintings. Not even once. Not even one time. So as always... We hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.
Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.